0: It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for his return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others, in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Do you want to know the truth regardless of how it makes you feel? Not everyone can relate. Many would prefer to hear what they want to hear, even if it's untrue. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds us that this is a sign of the last days, which is both bitter and sweet. We don't want anyone to turn away from Christ, but we also yearn for His return. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on October 9th, 2022.
1: You've got to love Tozier. I love Tozier, Not all the time. Both him and, and Chambers, I, I have a love-hate relationship with their writings, you know, where <laughs> it's kind of like you walk away from it going, "That's I'm not going to read this anymore. It's no. Uh, and then you're drawn back by the Holy Spirit, rightfully so, because they tell it like it is. got to love this. Tozier quote, If you do not like what I am saying, I want to ask you something. Think about the company you run with. What do they talk about most? God and the love of God or other things? You you decide that. Many Christians today will not endure sound doctrine. Paul described these people as having Itching ears. They did not like sound doctrine, but they were Christians. They called themselves Christians, but their ears were itchy. They will not endure sound doctrine. I think that is a description of the churches. In the light of the New Testament predictions, slash prophecies, teachings, and standards, is what I just said about the prevailing religious mood untrue? Is what I just said about the prevailing religious mood uncharitable? Is it extreme? I do not think it is. But I only ask you to do one thing. Look around you and look in your own heart. See which of these pictures describes the churches you know. Now I have to confess that, as a pastor, I have this sanctified bitter sweetness in all of this, by virtue of the prophetic implications of all of this, and I'll explain what I mean. It's bitter because of the lukewarm condition of the last days Laodicean church but sweet because it is the last days of the church. Namely, the last days before the rapture of the church, which is sound doctrine. And ironically, it's the irony of ironies, this sound doctrine is the very truth that many have turned from in their turning to lies. A couple weeks back on Thursday nights, we're going through Jeremiah. Man, it's been such a rich blessing. On Thursday, September 29th, we were in chapter 27 and 28, which <laughs> I have to say eerily parallels the Second Timothy 4 prophecy. And here's how I get there. Jeremiah prophesied sound doctrine of God's word of truth. He preached the word. He proclaimed the unpopular prophecies and messages, but the false prophets of which there were many, there were no shortage of them, and great numbers were flocking to them, because we're told four times in chapter 27, that they would prophesy a lie to the people. And this prophesying of a lie was for those with itching ears to hear what the false prophets would say. When a false prophet named Hananiah confronts and contradicts Jeremiah's sound doctrine, Jeremiah does not walk it back, tone it down, soften it up. No, he boldly, with an unflinching fearlessness, speaks the truth. Jeremiah 28, beginning in verse 15, Then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah, the Lord has not sent you. Oh, would to God that there would be a holy boldness among the men of God, a sanctified strength among the people of God. The Lord has not sent you, but you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. You're not bringing people to the Lord. You're turning people away from the Lord. So Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. Okay, all that to say this. The Hananiahs of today have been met with a stunning success in making the people turn from the truth and as such, trust in a lie. So, I appreciate your grace for me and with me and patience with me. I need to preface this. It's incumbent upon me to lovingly and humbly say, what I'm about to say is only for those with ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. What I'm about to say is not for those with itching ears. It's only for those with ears to hear. And here's why. The Lord has not given me, nor will He ever give me, the permission to cease from preaching the whole counsel Of God's Word and speaking the truth in love because of love were I to cower and falter like the other pastors as the statistics clearly bear out then I would have your blood on my hands before the Lord and this is Ezekiel chapter 3 verses 17 through 19 son of man I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore hear a word from my mouth and give them warning from me, when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning? nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, He shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. This is very selfish of me, actually, because I'm trying to save my own bacon here. In all seriousness, I I shriek in horror to think of ever having the blood of anyone's souls on my hands. All because I Shrink back and refuse to warn the people about what's coming. What follows is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. Truth is the proof in the prophetic evidence, again, for those with an ear to hear. What evidence? What proof? in a word, deception. Deception. Jesus, first thing, deception. Let no man deceive you. The apostle Paul echoes the Savior, do not be deceived. Number one sign, you're going to know it's the end when there is this deception. It's a powerful deception as we'll see here in a moment. So powerful is this deception that were it possible, Jesus said, thank God it's not, by the grace of God it's not, but so powerful is this deception that it could even, in fact, deceive the very elect. That's how powerful the deception is. This deception is the main sign, more than any other sign that we're at the end. And dare I say that the world today has been deceived and believed the lie due in large measure to a rejecting and turning from the truth. And this is Second Thessalonians 2, a prophecy and passage I'm sure you're familiar with. Let me begin reading in verse 9. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that, listen, deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. If you were to ask me what I thought was the most powerful deception and lie today, my answer would have to be, hands down, COVID-19. And the reason being is that it has and is and will continue to usher in an injection that many believe, present company included, will ultimately become the mark of the beast prophesied in Revelation during the seven-year tribulation. This deception has been planned for many, many decades, but it went into hyperdrive after September the 11th, 2001, by way of what we know as anthrax. The little-known and much less talked about truth, truth concerning 9-11 is the mandated anthrax vaccine that ensued in the aftermath. Though an experimental anthrax vaccine was in place prior, 9-11 became the impetus to force and threaten military personnel so much so that the legal battles, reminiscent by the way of that which we're seeing today, made their way all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States. One such case was filed in the Supreme Court of the United States against the Department of the Navy. The question presented to the Supreme Court was, quote, whether the Court of Appeals erred in upholding the Navy's decision to remove petitioners for refusing to obey an order to receive a mandatory vaccine. 2001! Ironically, the judgment of the Court of Appeals was entered on September 11, 2002 exactly one year after September the 11th, 2001. On page five of this U.S. Supreme Court case, which we've provided a link to, it states, and I quote, the Court of Appeals correctly concluded that the Navy had authority to remove petitioners when they refused to undergo vaccination for anthrax before their deployment to an area where the military has determined there to be a high threat for biological attack. The decision of the Court of Appeals does not conflict with any decision of this court or any other court of appeals. Further review is not warranted. Translated, they ruled in favor of the United States Navy and against those who were refusing this vaccine mandate of an anthrax vaccine. It's important to note that one Anthony Fauci was at the helm of this back then. And it's evidenced by this September 5th article published by Just the News. According to an author, then Vice President Dick Cheney, under then-President George W. Bush, elevated Anthony Fauci to the top of the U.S. Bio-Defense Research Apparatus post 9-11. My assistant pastor Mac gave me permission to share his experience when given the anthrax injection. In 2001, all deployable units to the Middle East were ordered to have their service members take the anthrax vax, which would consist of three different shots. Once assigned to my fourth submarine, USS Boise, out of Norfolk, Virginia, I was ordered to take the vax due to our upcoming deployment to the region. We all had to sign what is known as a page 13, which is basically a sworn statement that removes any and all liability from the government while forcing service members into submitting to this or face punitive actions. Since I was not well informed nor thought much about it, having received numerous shots in the past, I signed the form and Took the first round of the anthrax vax. The first thing to note was the knot that it left on my arm as well as others for quite some time. If I recall correctly, this knot stayed for at least a few weeks and remained sensitive to the touch. To this day, I remember where that shot was administered. Other than that, there were no immediate issues that I noticed, but then I started having several heart and joint-related issues. Both have never ceased and have only been mitigated with medication and surgeries. Specifically, I developed severe osteoporosis in nearly all of my main joints, hips, shoulders, knees, spine, lower and upper. As such, a Bone density scan was conducted and the thickness of my bones have been determined to be significantly below average and continued to be monitored. Both hips have since been replaced. Bone spurs in both knees have been and continue to be treated. I have had three separate heart procedures in order to treat irregular heartbeats and will be on heart and rheumatoid arthritis medication for the rest of my life. My severe conditions have been linked to the anthrax vax. But, as a military vet who signed a page 13, I have no ability to sue for any damages. I am receiving disability, that includes my major ailments, but there is no telling how many years this has taken off of my life. I never took the second and third shot. Thank God that I did not. Okay, doubtless you already know where I'm going with this, and probably even why I'm going there with this, so I'll just get right to the point. The 9-11 deception paved the way for the COVID-19 deception and the proverbial proof is in the prophetic pudding of the evidence. As such, I'll briefly address two questions. However, and please hear me, I do so not for those looking for an argument, rather only those looking for answers. So please, please, I make that appeal. Question number one. If there were no planes on 9-11, what happened to the people on those planes? Answer, there were people on those planes, some of whom made cell phone and or airphone calls. However, they had to have been made from an undisclosed location on the ground and not in the air by virtue of the cell phone technology, certainly back in 2001, and I would even argue present day. I haven't been on a plane since 2019 of my own volition, by the way, that's by choice. And I have no intentions, unless the Lord says otherwise, to ever get on another airplane again. But. For those of you that do fly, are you able to make cell phone calls from the plane? Over 1,800 feet of altitude, 100, not 30,000. I, I tried, by the way. Oh, you, you have too, I'm sure. You know, they say, make sure all your devices are turned off. I'm, I'm like, why? Oh, because it interferes with the signals. Oh, well, I forgot to turn it off one time. There was no interference. Oh, come on, you're laughing because you did the same thing. So what did you do? You did what I did. You looked at your phone like, oh, hey, it's on. It's on an airplane mode. Oh, no service. We're 10 minutes into the flight. No service. We're maybe 2,000 feet. No service.
0: The end of the world is going to happen, and it might be closer than we think. There's much happening in the world around us that ties into the predictions made in the Bible. With the number of events occurring, though, it can be difficult to keep up with it all. Pastor J.D. Farag has taken it upon himself to help us out with that. Each week, Pastor J.D. takes an in-depth look at what Scripture has to say about the end times and then pairs them with the current events of the week. These Mid-East Prophecy Updates are available for free to you through our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find them as well on our YouTube channel, and we update them each week to give you the latest information. These messages are useful to us to be able to keep Jesus' ultimate kingdom goal at the front of our minds. Jesus came to earth to offer love and forgiveness to each person. He completed his mission when he died on the cross for our sins, and then defeated death by rising again. Jesus has charged each one of us who confess to follow him with a simple task, go into the world and share the good news of his life. As the end draws even closer, we need to adopt a sense of urgency in getting the word out. We hope you will use these Mideast Bible prophecy updates to draw closer to Jesus, allowing Him to speak through you to the world around you. Once again, you'll find these prophecy updates by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and clicking the link to our YouTube channel. Join us again for truth from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth.